This Thursday, January 4th, NBA Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast brand new YouTube page. The hockey guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, January the 4th, currently 11.04 on the East Coast, here to get into the very, very short Thursday night schedule in the association. Two games on the schedule here tonight in the NBA. We'll recap uh, some of the stuff that we saw last night in the association as well. But joining me here on the Thursday episode, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Unfortunately, it wasn't exactly the best episode for me yesterday. Took the Knicks first half instead of the full game. And of course, they didn't cover the first half and they ended up covering the full game instead. Uh, besides that, I gave out a parlay for my dog and finished one leg short. Uh, Shangun had eight rebounds and needed him for 10. Uh, but besides that, a lot of interesting games, a lot of high scoring games uh, yesterday. And we're going to recap some of those in a second. But overall, some entertaining basketball last night. Yeah, uh, another Good night of its uh, uh, hoops, I should say, in the association last night. But like I mentioned, yeah, a lot of high-scoring games last night as well. So for L- over betters, uh, it was a, a pretty good night if you did get on some of these overs last night. Um, I think everybody, or not everybody, but the game, I think, was like the fifth time these two teams have played each other this season was the Pacers and the Bucks game. Um, that game in regulation finished up with 272 points last night. Indiana uh, just has their number now for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't know if you saw Giannis's postgame co- uh, comments, but he doesn't seem too worried uh, about the Indiana Pacers. But Pacers do get the victory last night uh, on their home floor, hosting the Milwaukee Bucks 142 to 130. Uh, Giannis a near triple-double in that game, 26 points, 11 rebounds, did fall two assists short. Uh, of getting to the triple-double. Another great night for uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 31 points, 12 assists for him. Uh, And they had four of the five starters did the Indiana Pacers in double figures last night. Uh, Aaron Neesmith just fell one point short of getting into double figures, and they got contributions from three guys off the bench who were also in double figures last night, Obi Toppin, TJ McConnell, and... um, I'm sorry, uh, Obi Toppin, Buddy Heald and uh, Benedict, uh, Benedict Matherin last night, who finished the game with 16 points. But it was really that third quarter, Scott, that the Pacers pulled away. They outscored the Bucks in that third quarter, did the Pacers 47 to 29. But do you have any takeaways from this game? Uh, takeaways, what I, you know, kind of went into the game thinking, which is Milwaukee's going to go as far as they can in the playoffs, depending on Willard. And I feel like, once again, Willard has not been very good this year. So. Uh, you know Giannis is going to do Giannis things. Kind of quiet game last night because it felt like Indiana was saying extra help most of the time. They kind of stuck with the same game plan, back-to-back games. They were just going to keep Giannis from dropping 40 and dare anybody else to beat them. And Lillard shot 6 of 18 because he's not the same guy he used to be. So I feel like the main story is maybe something, a blueprint that other teams might follow. But we know Milwaukee can't guard anybody. It's been an issue all season long. And we know that Lillard has been underwhelming. And I feel like with Giannis, 
not having a monster offensive game. I believe his points prop was 36 and a half, I think, and he had 26. They lost, but I feel like the story of this team is simple. Lillard was the guy they traded for to try to boost the actual offensive firepower of this team, and not only has the defense become non-existent because Drew Holiday is one of the better defenders in the league, but Lillard has not really held up his end of the bargain offensively. So when you're going to trade off that much defensive intensity and success for an offensive player who's not the same guy he used to be, you're going to look a bit underwhelming at times, and that's how Milwaukee looks. So once again, we know Giannis is going to do Giannis things. He's going to put up some big stat lines, but I think you'd probably agree with me with Lillard being the second-best player on the team if they want to win a title Lillard has to play a lot better and I feel like that's one thing that's going to be a focal point at least for me watching this team over the next couple months yeah 100 and that's why they brought Damian Lillard to pair alongside um Giannis uh with the Milwaukee Bucks right but Chris Melton I think something similar to Clay Thompson at least injury wise uh that at least those two players are probably not going to be the same players that they were uh, pre-injury, right? At least so Middleton's think, kind of embraced it, though. Middleton's never yeah. been a massive volume guy. So even if right. you are overpaying him, Middleton can still give you some decent minutes, can give you some offensive firepower as a third option, mm-hmm. but he knows his role on the team. That's why the Clay conversation and the conversation he had with Steve Kerr, the reality check he needed, I've been preaching for about a year and a half. So I'm happy that they finally yeah. had that conversation. But Middleton's fine as a third option. Yeah. I think it really comes down to a little word for me. Because we know yeah. it's a traffic cone on defense, and mm-hmm. offensively, his efficiency just hasn't been there. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I'm not sure. I think what it's been like thirty plus games now, easily that they have, uh, or he's been in Milwaukee. I'm not sure how many games he's actually played in uh, with the Bucks. But you know, sometimes they, it takes a season of an adjustment, and also they have a new head coach as well, right? So I think when you have a lot of moving parts, it may take a little bit to you know for the Milwaukee Bucks to find I think their offensive ways uh, outside of Giannis. He's played uh, 32 games, by the way. Yeah, so I think that, you know, maybe it gets obviously should get better throughout the season for not only head coach A.J. Griffin, but also Damian Lillard. But we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on the Bucs um, as the season progresses. I think they'll be fine. But again, um, when you traded for a player like Damian Lillard, you're expecting a lot more out of him. Um, than he's been thus far this season for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, his, his entire career in general, he's been a high-volume shooter, obviously. Yeah. Uh, his career numbers are 43.9%, which is not that mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. last year, played 58 games, averaged a career-high 32.2 points per game, and he shot 46.3% from the floor and 37.1% from three on 11-plus attempts per game. And the fact is, I don't know if Milwaukee traded for him hoping he'd be the same guy because averaging 32-plus points per game is just insane to replicate. But the fact is, his point total is dropping about 7 points per game. His actual field goal percentage has dropped about 3.5% per game. And his three-point percentage is down about a percent. So, once again, Lillard, he might have set two crazily like expectations uh, for what he was going to do this year based on what happened last year. Milwaukee was expecting more than this, and they're going to need more than this if they want to win anything. Because defensively, they can't stop anybody. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think one of the more exciting games last night, at least that turned into the second half, uh, was the Atlanta Hawks. They were hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder, coming off the victory against the Boston Celtics on their home floor, where the OKC Thunder and um, Atlanta Hawks doing Atlanta Hawks things again. They get out to a great start in the first half. Um, they had a, let's see here, a 17-point lead in the first half, and they let the Oklahoma City Thunder come back and 
nearly, nearly do the Thunder come back and steal the victory. But the Atlanta Hawks hold on. They get a 141-138 victory last night, uh, led by, again, it was a, a all-around team effort, I guess, at least scoring-wise, some balance scoring. They had four guys in um, – Four guys that scored 20-plus points for the Atlanta Hawks last night. Jalen Johnson, 28, 24 for Trey Young, 22 for Jontae Murray, and then Bogdanovich off the bench coming in with 23. All five stars, again, were in double figures last night for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and then Shea, doing Shea things last night, uh, another almost a triple-double for him. He fell two assists short, but he did finish the game with 33 points, 13 rebounds, and eight assists. Um, Jalen Williams, 21.6 rebounds, uh, sorry, six assists as well. Um, Chet, only nine shot attempts last night. He did finish the game with 12 points, but um, give credit to the Thunder for fighting back, at least in the second half, and Atlanta Hawks barely holding on. Do you have any takeaways from this game here? Yeah, I watched it. I watched a lot of it because the game was entertaining, and I was keeping an eye on Bay Rebounds, which I gave out as the SGPN uh, YouTube short play, and that worked out mm-hmm. well as he had eight. Uh, but for the sake of this game, I watched it. I saw Atlanta almost blow up basically an 18 point lead in about five minutes. It's a really yeah. stupid basketball team. I uh, simply put, they're a low IQ basketball team that can score a lot of points, but they turn the ball over a lot. And that's really the story of the game. But for the sake of the thunder, it was a great effort. Giving up 79 points to a team on a back to back is absolutely disgusting. In the second half, 79 points is filthy, uh, but yeah. OKC made a run at it. They tried uh, the Hawks. The real story for the game is something I mentioned previously and something that, I do think the Thunder need to address before the trade deadline. This team can't rebound. Just yeah. simply put, they can't yeah. rebound the basketball. And to go through the numbers here, uh, Shea had 13 rebounds, which led the team. Do you know who was second on the team in rebounding last night and how many rebounds they had? Uh, since you're asking that, use this for the Thunder, right? Yeah, for the Thunder. It was a starter. It wasn't a bench player. Uh, my next guess would be a guy had five rebounds, but I don't know who. Okay, so it was Lou Dort who had four rebounds. Okay. Four. Chet. I think this is three. something that we've been talking about like for several seasons now that they just haven't went out and addressed it. That they, they need a guy that can just come out and just rebound the basketball. I mean, I'm saying like Andre Drummond type, but somebody that gives you some rim protection that can rebound the basketball. I think it's Jared Allen. If you wanted just somebody I could name quickly. I know Jared Allen doesn't exactly promote what Presti's trying to build, which is all five guys on the court being able to make their own offense and create their own shots. But at some point, you got to sacrifice some of it for rim protection and for some rebounding. And Jared Allen without Mobley has been really good. Cleveland might blow it up. We'll see what happens. But just the thought, you know, maybe they want to consider making that type of move. I know Markinen's the common trade rumor to the Thunder, but I don't know if he moves the needle enough because I don't think Markinen's a great defense, a great defensive player. And for rebounding, he's fine. I don't know if he's built to be the number one rebounder on a team. So I think they just need a little bit more front court physicality and a little bit more, I'd say, verticality when it comes to rim protection and for rebounding. But for me, looking at this Thunder team, Capella killed them. And I've roasted Capella for the season because I feel like he's kind of washed at this point. He had 12 points, 14 rebounds in 25 minutes. Bay had had eight rebounds. Johnson had seven rebounds. uh, Okongwu off the bench had seven rebounds, but OKC lost the rebounding battle by 12. And just watching the game, they got absolutely smacked. Atlanta had 15 offensive rebounds. So I do love this Thunder team. I think the foundation is there to be a serious contender for a long time. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you got to at least try to address the biggest hole in your roster. 
not everybody's going to be a perfect fit, but Jared Allen, I think, makes a lot of sense because he gives you rim protection and he's a good rebounder, or at least he is now. He was struggling earlier in the year rebounding. I called him out for it, and he has done well recently. But just watching this Thunder team, I just am concerned about them getting killed on the glass in big moments against more physical teams. Yeah, and I think this is something that we've talked about, We like I mentioned last season as well, is that they'll, they're just consistently getting killed on the boards. And I think they, at some point, whether it's via trade or in the draft, they're going to have to go out and get a guy that can just go come in and rebound the basketball uh, for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. But um, the future is very, very bright for this OKC Thunder team. And I think what Sam Presti has been trying to build over the past several, several seasons, uh, I think we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel for this OKC Thunder team. And again, still has... A lot of draft capital, um, you know, in his bag uh, that he can either trade off or wait until the draft and see what happens and what he can get. Uh, speaking of Jared Allen and the Cleveland Cavaliers, they absolutely uh, wiped the floor with the Washington Wizards last night. They get the 39 point victory on their home floor, 140 to 101. Uh, Jared Allen in that game finished up with uh, 17 uh, points, 19 rebounds, seven assists in that game. Donovan Mitchell, 22 points as well. Um, Max Drews had a great three-point shooting night going up against one of the worst three-point shooting defenses in the league, in the Wizards, but they take care of business on their home floor. Um, and I think we were remiss not to touch on the two West Coast games that went into overtime last night here, Scott. Um, the Utah Jazz and the Detroit Pistons, I think this was probably the toilet bowl game of the day, but it turned out to be probably the most entertaining game of the day uh, or as to say of the night. But um, we saw some clutch three point shots being made at that end of the uh, end of regulation. And then it goes into overtime where the Utah jazz do get the victory 154, 148 in that game. Um, get any takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, the revenge games were there for Detroit because Alec Burks had yeah. 27, including the game-tying three-pointer. I ended up seeing Bogdanovich, who I thought would have a big game. He had 36, so he's uh, going to be a very nice trade piece for somebody who wants some extra depth scoring. So keep an eye out for a team, in my opinion, maybe Orlando, who might take a shot at Bogdanovich for some scoring. We'll see what happens. Uh, but looking at Utah, they were, once again, pretty solid offensively. Sexton's been very good. He had 25, marking into 31. Clarkson had 36 off the bench. He's been great, and I do think that a team would be very, I'd say, motivated to trade for him. Based on how he's played for the last couple of weeks, I think Denver should give them a call. I know they're in the same division, but Denver needs some help with their bench unit. I think Clarkson makes a lot of sense. But I do think looking at this overall matchup, it was fun. Both teams don't guard anybody. Walker Kessler had six blocks off the bench in 29 minutes. But just watching the game, it was a lot of chaos and a lot of potentially dumb defensive plays by both teams. Killian Hayes was atrocious once again, especially in overtime when he fouled before they inbounded the ball with his team down three with seven seconds left to give Utah a free free throw and the ball back. So Killian Hayes basically blew the game in one defensive inbound play. They're going to lose anyway, but still. Detroit has so many bad players on the roster. There's really not much yeah. more to add. You can make an argument yeah. once again that they won a game, they beat Toronto. Congratulations, he didn't make history. But Cade's going around previously saying we're not this bad. We're not like two and thirty. Like no, you are. Like you, no, your your team's one of the worst teams I've ever seen. To read off the bench, you know, once again, you have Alec Burks, who's been good lately, but I feel like most teams uh, would probably not be interested in having him. Killian Hayes, who arguably shouldn't be in the league. Uh, Wiseman, yeah. who arguably shouldn't be in the league. Kevin Knox, who I'm shocked is still in the league, 
And I do like Asar Thompson, but he has no offensive talent. That's your entire bench. That's everybody yeah. they used on the bench. So, yes, I do think you're actually 3-31 and 31 bad. You're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They almost won yeah. last night, but I'm just being honest. I, I think that I understand Cade as the leader has to say something to try to renew some confidence in his team. But, no, when your bench consists of Killian Hayes, Kevin Knox, James Wadman, and Alec Burks, you're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the entire league. They are yeah. this bad. Like, that's yeah. 100% warranted. You deserve to have this record. Yeah, obviously, yeah. And, again, that's why they lost, what, 27, 28 uh, games in a row. Uh, did the uh, Detroit Pistons. But and then the uh, last game I want to touch on here before I actually get to the games here for tonight, Scott. Uh, Orlando Magic and the Sacramento Kings, another game that went into a uh, double overtime last night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. The Kings do get the victory last night uh, against Orlando Magic, 138-135. Uh, um, some incredible performance, individual performance, uh, you should say, obviously, with a very high-scoring game uh, for the Magic. Paolo Pancaro, 43 points last. I believe that was a career high for him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Jalen Suggs finished the game with 24 points. And there was a lot of guys that were, I think, uh, left with injury, if I'm not mistaken. Franz Wagner left the game very early. He only played five minutes. Uh, so that's to really rely on their bench last night. And guys like... Um, uh, Bataze played 28 minutes, and then you had, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Houston coming off the bench playing 31 minutes, uh, Anthony Black playing 25 minutes. I, so I think for me, it's a little bit more alar alarming that the Sacramento Kings were not able to pull away from the players that the Orlando Magic had available last night. But nonetheless, they do get the victory um, in double overtime. Sabonis finished up with 22 points, 23 rebounds, 12 assists, a triple-double for him. Keegan Murray had 28 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, a very, very lackluster night last night. 6 of 22 from the floor, 0 of 5 from three-point line. He finished the game with 15 points and 7 assists. They did get 37 points last night from Malik Monk, and boy, they need every one of those points from him coming off of the bench. He played 46 minutes, 12 of 20 from the floor, 7 of 13 from three-point line, but Kings do get the victory, 138-135, but I think um, if you're a Sacramento Kings fan, I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned that you were not able to put this team away. We understand you were on a back-to-back -back as well, but the bodies that the Orlando Magic had available uh, give them credit for you know forcing double overtime and almost seeing the victory in Sacramento last night, Scott. Yeah, Fox was terrible. That's really what the game came down to for Sacramento early on because Fox was 6 of 22. He was abysmal. Uh, Sabonis had a triple-double, uh, so he bounced back after having that really bad uh, 11 turnover game against Charlotte, 22 points, 23 rebounds, and 12 assists. We had a monster game. Uh, but I feel like the story for Sacramento was the fact that with Fox being that bad, Monk stepped up and he had 37. Now, I still think Monk should be playing more minutes. He played he played 46 last night. But I need an explanation on why Monk this season is averaging only 25.4 minutes per game. He's your third best player on the team. Like, how do you not play him close to 30 minutes at this point? I'm happy that Mike Brown stopped using Kevin Herter in the starting lineup. I've been calling for it. I just have called him bad for about a year and change. But just looking at the roster, you have Chris Duarte starting for 10 minutes. I don't know what the point is. He's playing 10 minutes. Why is he starting? Why yeah. is Monk only playing 25 minutes a game? He's clearly your third best player. Like, you have to play him 30-plus minutes. It's not even a discussion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just looking at the odds for six man of the year. Malik Monk is now plus five fifty uh to win six man Who's of the year. Who's favorite in that? Is it still Reeves? Uh, Tim Hardaway Tim Hardaway Jr. plus two fifty. 
I'm so happy Reeves is no longer favored because that was a ridiculous week where he was favored. I think Bogdanovich yeah. deserves some consideration, but he's second. Uh, yeah. The Hawks are yeah, the Hawks are bad, so he's probably not going to win it. But he's been great this year in general. But once again, I feel like Sacramento. The issue I have with this roster: one is the defense, obviously, but two, you're looking at who can actually create shots on this team. How many people on this team can actually create their own shot? You have Fox. Sabonis, I guess, but I think mm. we'd agree his touch isn't always consistent, and Golden yeah. State exposed him for that in the playoffs. And you have Monk. That's basically it. Like I don't think yeah. they have enough shot creators to overcome their bad defense, and I do think they might lose in the first round. But Orlando, they fought hard, just simply put. Boncaro at 43, Wagner got injured, Suggs made some big threes, but simply put, Orlando, I hate watching this team play offense late in games. I think they're a really bad fourth quarter offense. It's very yeah. stagnant. A lot of isolation doesn't typically work. And we'll see how Wagner's health is in the upcoming days with the injury report and everything. But Orlando just doesn't have enough shooting. Just yeah, simply put, and losing Wagner is yeah. not going to help. But it was the issue we had in the offseason, uh, which was they ended up drafting Jet Howard, who's barely played at all this season. They didn't address yeah. any of their shooting concerns. And I feel like that's something they need to address. That's why I mentioned I can see Boyan going there. They need some type of spark plug, somebody who can give you some microwave scoring, can stretch the floor, and create their own shot. I think Boyan makes some sense, but I just think they need more shooting. Something similar to what we talked about with the Cleveland Cavaliers last year, that they needed three-point shooting. They actually went out and addressed it this past offseason. They picked up Max Struess from the Miami Heat, and then George Diegan coming off of the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I think that's something that Orlando Magic are definitely going to have to do uh, this upcoming either trade deadline or in the offseason. Uh, to improve that roster. Um, Scott, anything else from last night you want to address before we do get into the two games for tonight? Yeah, uh, once again, full disclosure, I didn't get much right yesterday from the NBA card, but the things I did get right uh, were actually pretty spot on. I thought New Orleans is pretty live to win the game against Minnesota, and I've been critical I've been critical of Minnesota for the last week or two. I might just come out and say it. I think they're frauds. Like At, at no point am I scared of this team in the playoffs at all. They're not good enough offensively, just, just simply put. It's kind of similar, and it's a smooth segue comparing him to Orlando in a way. I know Minnesota's got more upside and more star power, but you're looking at this team offensively. Edwards goes for 35, and I don't trust any other option on this entire team. Cat was okay yesterday. I believe yeah. he had 22. We know Cat's mm -hmm. had multiple disappearing acts in the playoffs yeah. or in play-in games in the past, so Cat definitely does not scare me whatsoever. Besides that, Gobert had five points. Congratulations in 24 minutes. Is That's it. I mean, they had three guys in double digits. McDaniels had 11 points in 33 minutes. We know McDaniels is not a good offensive player. What do they have? I've called Mike Connolly a spot-up three-point shooter for the last year and change. He can't really move. I, I, I recognize he brings some veteran leadership, and he limits turnovers. He can be a calming voice in the locker room. But at some point, once again, kind of similar to Orlando, how many people on this team can create their own shot? I don't think Conley can create his own shot anymore. Cat no. can, but I don't trust his decision-making. Gobert, yeah. we know, is a lost cause offensively. He always has been. I think they're frauds. Watching this team play, if I told you right now you were a team, I know it depends on matchup, but just hear me out. If you're assuming full health and you're a playoff team, a potential title-contending team, which team scares you more? A healthy Minnesota team in a seven-game series or a healthy New Orleans team in a seven-game series? New Orleans scares me significantly more than Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's that good. I know the record is good. 
So it's going to immediately make me sound dumb because I recognize how yeah. good the actual rec- regular season record is. But there's yeah. a bunch of teams every year that we see that are really good defensively that thrive in the regular season because they're very good at home and they tend to have just more, I guess, desire or focus to win a lot of regular season games. And it is kind of the area where they're able to out-hustle a lot of teams for a lot of the long regular season. In the playoffs, constantly getting their best effort from like the entire league, this team's not good enough. Like I, I just don't think this team has enough offensive firepower, and I don't think they have enough mental resolve. I know that Edwards is a guy who you want to build around, but do you like the rest of this roster? I like Nas Reed. I think he's good, but he's a bench player at this point. I don't think anybody really likes Cat. He's had a good year. I don't trust him ever to be a second option on a title team. Yeah. I think Minnesota's fraudulent. I think they might lose early in the playoffs. I think they're a good, obviously, a regular season team, and right now that's what's transpiring for them. But when you get down to the playoffs, like you need multiple scores to make a deep run in the playoffs, and we've seen teams that have actually won titles over this over you know the past several seasons that they have multiple guys, <laughs> excuse me, uh, that can either number one create their own shot. Um and score for your team because let's just say Anthony Edwards has one off night, you know you might be in a little bit of trouble. Um and like you mentioned, do you trust Cat in a seven game playoff series? Sure, he may have one or two good games, but I think the consistency for me is an issue with Carl uh, Anthony Towns uh, all throughout his career. Because some nights he'll look like a top fringe top ten player in the association. There's some nights it's like, why was this guy a top pick? Uh, in the NBA draft as well. So I think that, you know, last we, we talked about New Orleans. I think you and I were both high on this team two seasons ago when we did our preseason, our division and win total previews two seasons ago. They're a psycho ago. team, but the upside's undeniable. Like, yeah. And again, it's just, it, came, it always came down to health with this New Orleans Pelicans team because they have guys that are injury prone, right? Zion Williamson has been significant time. Brandon Ingram is always dealing with knickknack injuries during the regular season. Um, they're supporting cast, I think, which is really important for their success. Guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado. When this team is healthy, New Orleans Pelicans, and if I hope they are because I, this is one of the teams I can see that can get to the Western Conference Finals just because of, again, number one, just the balance that they have at number one, being able to score the basketball, rim protection, and guys that are 3 and D guys that can give you length uh, on the defensive side as well. So. You know, again, this is a season where I think the West is completely wide open because there's, there, I don't think there's a team that stands out. Uh, out I think outside of Denver because they still have the same roster pretty much uh, outside of their bench, which is a little bit of concern that can make a deep run again uh, in the to the NBA Finals. But outside of that, I mean, we could talk about Clippers, but it's might just turn into a three-hour uh, pod here for us. But I think the West is definitely more wide open than it has been in the past several seasons. It is. I just quickly want to mention New Orleans for a second because I posted on Twitter. I thought they should blow up the roster a couple weeks ago. And then you get reminded every week or two, oh, this is why they don't blow it up because we know that the upside is. But looking at the Pelicans team, you have Zion, who can create his own shot when healthy. Ingram, who can create his own shot whenever he wants. McCall, I'm not a fan of, but he can create his own shot. So you have three guys in the starting lineup who can generate their own offense. Minnesota's roster, just to read off the entire team, including the bench. You tell me when I'm done how many guys you think can actually generate their own shot. Edwards, Conley, Towns, Gobert, McDaniels. Bench unit, Alexander Walker, Shake Milton played three minutes last night, but I'll throw him in there anyway. McLaughlin, Nas Reed, Troy Brown Jr., 
Kyle Anderson and Minot. How many two guys? That two, that two guys? Two and a half? Nas Reed? I'll say I think Kyle Anderson created his own shot. Uh, he hasn't shown it recently because he played 13 kind minutes of. last night. He scored one point. Slow-mo. Uh, obviously, so Anthony Edwards. One point I'll, throw, last night, so. I'll throw Cat in there. I think Nas Reed is a guy there as well. But okay. if you're relying on Nas Reed in the playoffs to create his own shot for your success, I, I again, I don't think so. Again, we'll see. If so, again, so just if they to be add clear, some... two out of your five guys in the starting lineup can actually generate their own shot. You're not going to win yeah. a damn thing in the playoffs. Like, that's not going to no. happen. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, and I think this is why this trade deadline coming up. I think we say this every single year. I say I do. Is that going to be? It's going to be very interesting to see some of these teams that if they go out and add a second or third scorer guy coming off of the bench, um, you know, for not only the regular season, obviously, but like you mentioned, for a playoff run, um, you know, for this upcoming season, especially in the West, like we mentioned, that it's it's pretty much why I think that is wide open. All right, Scott, we spent about 30 minutes here uh, recapping last night before we do get into the games for the Thursday night schedule. Uh, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Uh, Scott and I will put together our underdog fantasy entry uh, for the Thursday night schedule. So you can watch along, you can make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Hockey Gambling Podcast has just launched their new YouTube channel. They're also giving away a, a, a Hockey Gambling Podcast hoodie to celebrate. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. All right, Scott, let's get into the games here for t- tonight uh, only two games on the schedule here first game on the board is going to the milwaukee bucks they are in san antonio here tonight uh to take on the uh sorry the milwaukee bucks are in san antonio to take on the spurs here tonight uh milwaukee did play last night currently they are sitting as a nine point favorite in this game with a total of 247 and a half uh, no injury report submitted yet for the milwaukee bucks they do get that extra time uh just because they did play last night so for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, I am seeing Malachi Bronham is doubtful here tonight. Zach Collins continues to be out. And that is pretty much it uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, like I mentioned, and we talked about at the top of the episode, Bucks did play last night in Indiana. Uh, they are on a back-to-back situation. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, any other top players here. I don't think Chris Middleton plays here tonight. That's just kind of what my gut tells me because he was already questionable yesterday. Um, going into that game, but did end up playing. So it'll be interesting if Giannis, Damian Lind, those guys do play here tonight. But Scott, start with the spread here, minus nine in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. What are you thinking? I think they should play. If they if they beat Indiana yesterday, then maybe I'd sit everybody. But with them losing, I probably would start most of the core. If assuming that Giannis and Lillard and everybody play, I'm going to lean Milwaukee. I know it's a lot of points, but San Antonio is a joke. Like they're yeah. as far as I'm concerned, a fake basketball team. Uh, they suck. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee, especially with Zach Collins being injured. Uh, you're looking at the Spurs having no front court depth at all. And Wemby, even when healthy, is playing what, like 25 minutes a game Yep. at this point? So mm-hmm. every time he goes to the bench, they get killed. 
They have no backup center. They basically have Mamukashvili, who I know I've liked for player prop purposes, but it's a massive downgrade from Zach Collins. I, mm-hmm. I, I just think that looking at San Antonio, this team's not a good team at all, and Milwaukee might be extra pissed off after losing to Indiana again in back-to-back games. I think Milwaukee might score 130 in this game. They might go nuts, but, I mean, I, I got to go with Milwaukee here. I, I just think San Antonio is such a terrible basketball team that I have to fade them. Yeah, I think that if the at least Dame and Giannis do play here tonight, I just think it's going to be a easy night offensively for the Milwaukee Bucks here. Um, and just to put this into context, the Milwaukee Bucks, this is going to be their, I believe their fifth game on a back-to-back schedule, or sorry, on back-to-back here um, this season. So they are three and one against the spread in those back-to-back situations, three and one straight up, and they are four and zero. Oh. Uh, to the over in back-to-back situations this season. They're averaging 126.5 points per game. And we've talked about it a lot on the pod, uh, which just transitions us into the total here, um, Scott, of 247.5. Uh, the Spurs at home this season have been a cash cow towards the over, 13-3 uh, and three to the over at uh, in San Antonio in their home games. They're allowing 124.5 points per game um, in that span, but um, I, 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 sorry, I didn't mention my pick for the side here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks here as well. I think there's an opportunity for them just to come out and take care of business, probably in three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then maybe see some of the guys sit there for the Milwaukee Bucks. But um, obviously, it's contingent on if we do see Giannis, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton play here tonight. I don't think, like I mentioned, Chris Middleton plays here tonight. I think it's probably um, Dame and Giannis that do play here tonight. But I got a side with the Milwaukee side here uh, as well. Uh, As far as the total, I would lean towards the over, but I think my more favorite play is probably going to be a team total over for the Milwaukee Bucks, whether it's first quarter, first half, or full game. Yeah, I'm the same way. You're looking at San Antonio's offense recently. It has not been good at all. Uh, Scored 98 against Memphis and scored 101 against Boston. I think Milwaukee scores 130. I'm really not worried about that team scoring. So I think San Antonio, I'm going to lean over, but San Antonio's offense can give me some room for pause there. I am wondering what Milwaukee's going to do with the starting lineup, though, because with San Antonio having really no size besides Wemby, do they put Portis into the starting lineup and like try to go three bigs, as crazy as that might sound? They've done it before. I am kind of curious because Lopez is one of those weird centers who really spends no time in the paint at all. So you actually can use three big men if you want to. I've seen them use the three centers or three power forwards together, uh, and Mm -hmm. it has actually worked out pretty well. I didn't actually use it in that San Antonio game, and Portis had a double-double, I believe, off the bench in that game. But I am wondering what the game plan would be if Middleton's out. It wouldn't shock me if Portis played a decent amount of minutes with Lopez and Giannis, and at that point, they're going to dominate in the paint. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even even with... Wouldn't be in there. I, I still think they dominate um, on the boards here tonight. And like we mentioned, we'll talk about player props in a minute about Winby's um, minute allocation. Now, I guess we can call it. But like you did mention, they did match up earlier this season in Milwaukee. Milwaukee scored a 132 in that game. They did give up 119 to the Spurs, but they did win that game by 30. Sorry, uh, by 13 points. And that was a game where. Um. Dame had a 40-point night for the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis finished that game with a triple-double as well. 11, only 11 points, but did have 14 rebounds and 16 assists in that game uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And like you mentioned, Bobby Porris came off that bench in 26 minutes, played um, or played 26 minutes, had 
23 points and 10 rebounds in that game for the Bucks there as well. So, um, yeah, looking at the Milwaukee Bucks team total to go uh, over in this game, that number's around 127.5 at minus 125. Um, you'll probably get a 128.5 around minus 110, but I do... I think that, you know, both Scott and I believe that they will walk into 130 points here tonight at minimum. Um, Scott, let's get to player props here, man. Anything that you do like? Yeah, overnight, I was a fan of Wemby assists, actually, at two and a half. I still don't like Milwaukee's defense at all. So I do think, once again, even though I am picking the Bucks to win this game comfortably, I think San Antonio can score against this bad defense and the pace should be there. So I think Wemby assists is worth some consideration. It's a low number. And that's why I think that this obscure prop actually makes some sense. It's at two and a half. And going through Wemby's last couple of games, he's kind of been cruising to the over in this one. Uh, I still see minus 145 available at BetMGM. Uh, but he's had at least three assists in four of the last five, at least four assists, in, at least three assists, I mean, uh, in eight of the last ten. And we know Milwaukee doesn't stop anybody. So I think looking at Wemby assists, it has moved a decent amount overnight, but still, it's at minus 145. I still like it. I think that looking at a guy who we know has gotten the ball a lot more with this offense recently, it only took Pop about three months to get Wemby the damn ball. But the point is, I do think he can make some decisions. I do think that the Milwaukee defense is a mess. Two and a half assists, I know he's usually going to play around 25 minutes. That's a really low number against the bad defense. I'll take the over two and a half assists for Wemby at minus 145. Yeah, I can't argue against it. I was just pulling up his game log and seeing the minutes, minutes allocations. Like we mentioned, last five games, he's only averaging about 24.2 minutes per game. Um, I mean, he still had scored 20-plus points in three straight games, even with the limited amount of time that he's out there. So he's making the most of it, obviously. Um, are you back on his blocks here tonight or no? I don't think I can be because I can really see him see him being in some foul trouble in this yeah. game. I, I I just don't think that Milwaukee's a good matchup for him. They can space the floor. The fact is Lopez is probably going to hit the three-point line, which might allow Wemby to cheat inside, and we'll see if he can contest. But the point is, I think I'm not going to take it. I, I just think Milwaukee's got so much size, and I think that they can be so physical with him. He might be in some foul trouble. So I think looking at this spot, I'm going to pass on Wemby blocks. That's why I'm kind of pivoting to assists. I'd rather yeah. back San Antonio's offense than any defensive props for them in this game because Milwaukee sure. is a kind of a matchup problem for this team defensively. Uh, chat pointing out Dame. Um, I, again, I, I don't know if these Spurs have done something personally to Damian Lillard, but he's had a lot of success against the San Antonio Spurs in his career. So they did match up, like we mentioned earlier this season. In that game, Dame had 40 points. But over the last, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six matchups against the San Antonio Spurs head-to-head, he scored at least 30 points in uh, five out of the last six matchups. So I'll quickly read off what he's done. 35, 30, 22, 37, 37, and then 40 uh, in a uniform with the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's hit at least seven threes in three straight head-to-head matchups against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't see his uh, props listed yet. Yet I only see Giannis's props up right now. But if he does play here tonight, Damian, I, I think it might be a good uh, spot for him to have another big night uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. So probably which, look at his which points. Which props do you want for lower? Uh, points and three-pointers. Okay, so three-pointers, I see... Sorry, let me just quickly uh, filter by odds. I see odds on that, though. Uh, I see three-and-a-half threes is the current line for Lillard. The over is minus 140. Uh, You said points as well? Yeah, points, yeah. That's a 27-and-a-half. The over is minus 115. 
If you want to go for an alt on that, Lillard 35 is 3 to 1. Lillard 40 is 750. Yeah, I think that he, again, with the success that he's had against this Spurs team, I, I, I think I do like his points prop here for tonight. I just want to see what he did last night uh, against the. Not a, I mean, he's had back to back really bad shooting nights yet against the Indiana Pacers. So three of 16, that matchup on Monday, and then he was six of 18 last night. So I think there's a good bounce back spot here for uh, Damian Lillard. So I'll take the points on him to go over here tonight. Uh, any other player props, Scott, or anything else for this game? I actually think Giannis goes off points wise. He was very passive in the first meeting, had a triple double, but I do think at some point Giannis might get fed up having to watch a lure jack up a lot of bad shots. He can yeah. go to the rim whenever he wants. Like the fact yeah. that they have no backup center and Wemby is really the only defensive option they have with this team. And we know Giannis is a lot stronger based on muscle compared to Wemby. Giannis could potentially score 40 to 50 in this game. Like it wouldn't shock me. He hasn't had a massive offensive points outburst, I think, since the Indiana game, if I'm not mistaken. I got to look at his game log, but he's had a couple 30 pieces here and there. But I don't think he's dropped 40 since that game against Indiana. He is not. Uh, the most he scored is 37 against Orlando. He's been a bit more passive recently. They've lost two straight. He's had two almost triple doubles, scoring less than 31 points in those two games against Indiana. After being so passive in the first game, I think Giannis might just come out here and try to tear the rim off. So I think Giannis' points might be worth a look as well. The only concern is going to be blowouts uh, potential, yeah. but... I think Giannis has a massive game here. I think he might drop 40. It wouldn't shock me. But I think at some point Giannis might, I don't want to say take turns with the Lillard choosing who's going to take more shots, but I think Giannis just has to be more aggressive. I get that triple doubles are nice and you want to get your teammates involved. You're a freight train going to the rim. Like, can, can you just take 20-something shots in a game? You're going to walk into 40. Like, just yeah. do it. I, I think that he's in line for a big game. Yeah, he does. his points right now is sitting at 34 and a half. I was actually looking at his rebounds in this game as well. It is at 12 and a half at minus 145. But um, last three games against the Spurs, 13 rebounds, 14, 14. And like we mentioned, he did have that triple double, um, <coughs> excuse me, in the last game earlier this season on December 19th, um, 11 points, 14 rebounds, and 16 assists for Giannis uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, all right, Scott, before we get over to the second game of the night here, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, game time. Look, it's that time of year where you probably want to get out to some of these sporting events that are going on, whether it's a basketball game, uh, whether it's um, college basketball, uh, you want to get out to a hockey game possibly, and MLB is right around the corner as well, and obviously with NBA going on, uh, you probably want to get out to some of these games. So let game time help you out with that. Game time takes the stress away from the buying experience um when you use game time because you don't want to be stressed out when you're looking for tickets you want to get hyped and you want to get excited for the fun that you're going to have going to these events and not just sporting events right they also have uh, tickets that you can find for music concerts that in, are in your area theater tickets as well comedy shows whatever the case might be anything that's going on in your area they're more than likely going to have tickets for it and some of the great things about their app that i love is that they have flash deals and last-minute tickets available. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, they have images of their seat views, um, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive to that specific venue, and there's no surprises when you actually get there. Their lowest prices are guaranteed, and event cancellation protection as well. So forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and like I mentioned, you get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The GameTime guarantee... 
means that you'll get the best price. Get this. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, like I mentioned, you can also get images of your seat view before you actually buy the tickets. And you can buy the tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're all set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to haggle through your email box or wait for them in the mail to come in and get stressed about them getting lost. Nope, they're sent directly to your phone. So all you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data driven parlays download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month today start researching start winning with hall of fame bets all right scott let's get into the second game here for tonight on the nba schedule that is going to be a spread that's a little bit closer we got the denver nuggets they are headed to the bay area to take on the golden state warriors Currently, the Denver Nuggets are a three and a half point road favorite here with a total of 235 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Denver Nuggets, Reggie Jackson is probable, uh, and that is pretty much the only name that is on the uh, injury report for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, we know about Draymond Green and Gary Payton II. Man, I feel bad for this guy. He just comes back from an injury and then he uh, gets injured again. Um, he's going to be out for. Yeah. It's just going to be out for an extended amount of time. He's now dealing with a left hamstring strain, so he is going to be out for the Golden State Warriors in this game. These two teams did match up on Christmas Day in the Mile High City, uh, where the Denver Nuggets, I believe, were a seven and a half point home favorite. Uh, did the Warriors? They did get the cover in that game. They only lost the game by six, but the Denver Nuggets did get the straight up victory against the Golden State Warriors. Now. Traveling to the Bay Area as a three and a half point road favorite here. Scott, what are you thinking about the side? I feel like everyone's going to take Denver in this game, but I'm actually kind of tempted by Golden State in a way. I, I think that even though Denver did win the first two games in uh, Denver, those games were close. They were very, very yeah. close. And I know both of us did like the Warriors plus the points on Christmas and they covered. They won by six, but that game was very close. And Jokic had like 23 throws in that game. But that game could have gone either way. I think Golden State's pretty alive to win this game. Uh, I think that looking at the Warriors, we know that this team has been underachieving the season, but I actually was encouraged by what I saw against the Magic last time out. Now, I picked the Warriors to cover, and they did. Uh, Curry got going again after having a bit of a shooting slump for a couple days. But I am a fan of what Golden State's been doing with the lineups, and Clay's playing less minutes. But I actually was pretty encouraged by the press conference answer they had uh, where he talked about having a conversation with Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr basically made him realize the primary career is over. Get with the times and be a better veteran leader with a roster. And yeah, I thought it actually worked out. Uh, Clay was efficient. He only played 25 minutes. And on top of that, he was very good defensively in the fourth quarter against Orlando. And maybe that's something that he needed. But I'm going to lean to Golden State. I think they actually have matched up pretty decently against Denver. We know Denver's a very tough place to play. 
Golden State was in both those games, could have won them. Now they're in Golden State. I think a lot of people are going to take Denver, but the line feels pretty short to me. I'm going to go with Golden State here. This line feels, once again, very trappy. It feels like they're daring you to take Denver, but I've been encouraged by how Golden State's actually matched up against this team uh, in the first two meetings, and I do think they'll be able to get the job done. So I'm actually going to lean to Golden State. Yeah, uh, I think this might be, like I guess, the quote-unquote contrarian play of the day. I was looking at the Warriors here as well. Um <clears throat> So since the 2020 season, I know obviously the rosters and, you know, prime careers and things like that are different. But um, as a home underdog since the 2020 season, the Warriors are 21 and eight against the spread. And if you just want to take a look this season, they've been a home underdog three times. Um, and that was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I believe that was probably games that Steph Curry wasn't probably part of. But that was the game uh, Draymond had the choke jobs. So yeah, choke yeah. Pick, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were underdogs against the Timberwolves. They were underdogs against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then against the Boston Celtics. And in those three games, they are two and one against the spread, uh, one and two straight up. But yeah, I think this is a game that comes down to the wire as well. I, I think that I mean you mentioned it, the conversations that are kind of going on within the team for the Golden State Warriors, and they've had to make some lineup changes here. And Steve Kerr came out and did that, and he said that this is going to be the starting lineup for the foreseeable future right now until when and if they do get Draymond Green back. But I think you and I talked about this uh, when we did the Tuesday episode that we liked Warriors in that game as well. I think that was a short number for them. They did get the victory against the Orlando Magic. But um, obviously a... a a team, obviously, the defending champions are coming into your building here. And you mentioned, it, I think, what really stood out is that Nikola Jokic had, what, 20-plus free throws in that game, uh, in that Christmas Day game. So, and I like this new lineup that they put out together, right? It gives you some, some type of balance with some young guys in that starting lineup. Uh, and I think it lets Steph Curry be Steph Curry with Chris Paul kind of facilitating this offense for the Golden State Warriors. So, um, I'll take the plus three and a half as well for the Golden State Warriors. Do you have on the total say at 235 and a half? I think I'm going to lean under. Uh, the first two meetings did end up going under this number, and that was yeah. with Jokic getting to the foul line at MB levels. So I'm going to lean under in this game. I think it's going to be entertaining. I know Golden State's playing a bit faster with their new lineup, but we know Denver is kind of content with being slow, uh, letting Jokic operate in the half court. I'm going to lean to the under. Once again, with a close game, I tend to expect a lower scoring fourth quarter. I think you're looking at a spot where you might end up seeing a half-court battle in the final five minutes or so. I'm going to lean under. This line feels a little bit high. By the way, uh, Andres, mm -hmm. there is no back-to-back, -back, at least for the sake of the uh, this game. I don't know if you're talking about the Milwaukee game, but both these teams did not play yesterday. So, Yeah, uh, yeah neither of these teams played yesterday. Um for the Denver Nuggets. It maybe he meant the Milwaukee Bucks probably, but could be. But um yeah. Uh yeah, I think I would lean towards the under. I don't think really had an opinion on this game. You know, I've said this multiple times that when I'm looking at teams when backing overs, I think the first number first thing I really do look at is the pace of play, right? I don't these are not teams that are up there in pace as far as this season. Golden State's right there in the middle of the pack. They're right at number 13. Uh, Denver, um, let's see where is Den Denver is the second slowest um, pace team thus far this season. So uh, definitely off, uh, 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 efficient offenses, that's for sure. Uh, but again, when I'm looking at overs, I, pace is just not there for both of these teams. So I agree with you. I'll lean towards the under here as well. Player props, what are we looking at here, Scott? Uh, I think I have to be tempted by 
I'm trying to think if I wanted to go with a blind Curry over. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really bad against this team on Christmas, but he had opportunities. He just broke a bunch of shots. Yeah. Uh, Curry got going again against Orlando. It is a pretty low number for his standards at 27 and a half. I'm going to lean over on Curry. If I'm picking Golden State to win the game, I kind of have to pick Curry to have 30. So I'll go with Curry to go over his point total. Uh, I maybe wouldn't necessarily mind uh, Kaminga rebounds, who's been pretty good at rebounding recently with this new lineup. I want to quickly pull up the rebounding numbers. Uh, it's been mostly around, I think, four and a half or so. Maybe it's been bumped up already, but let me just quickly check uh, what his rebounds are for this one. Kaminga rebounds still at four and a half. He's gone over in five straight, gone over in seven of the last ten. And with the added usage and playing time, I think the markets haven't adjusted enough. So give me Kaminga over four and a half rebounds at minus 132. He also got his points uh, in this game as well for Kaminga. Um, that's at 13 and a half. A little bit of juice on it at minus 125. Uh, but I think this might be a, a again, a spot where they need these guys to step up uh, to help Steph Curry uh, with the scoring, um, you know, scoring output. And you take a look what Kamina has done over the last two games, at least since the lineup has, I guess, shifted uh, for this Warriors team. 16 uh, points against the Dallas Mavericks. He did have 19 against the Orlando Magic as well. He's had at least double digit shot attempts in three straight games uh, for the Golden State Warriors. I wish he would stop shooting the three-point shot because he's not very good at it, at least over the last five games. Uh, he's averaging 3.2 attempts in those last five games, and he's only made uh, 0.4 on average. So he's jacked up, let's see here, three plus there's six, six, and 16. So he's two of 16 in his last five games shooting the three-point shot, shooting it at 12.5%. So, um, I mean, we know Kaminga can get to the basket, finish around the basket. I think that's what suits him well. So I think that's... Uh, what he need, I think he needs to focus on. Uh, so Kaminga there, Jamal Murray has actually been really good uh, against the Golden State Warriors in his career as well. Um, I know he's only averaging 16.4 points per game, but you kind of take a look at what he's done over the last three games against the Golden State Warriors. He had 33, 26, and on Christmas Day, he did have 28 points uh, against the Golden State Warriors. I think I saw his points prop at 21 and a half for this game. Uh, so I don't hate that uh, for um, Jamal. Sorry, it's up to 22 and a half now for Jamal Murray. So I don't hate that. Um, and then last one, I think Nikola Jokic rebounds has had. Um, he's had success against the Warriors, at least rebounding the basketball. Uh, let's see here. So the last couple games here, 19, 17, 15, 12, 12, 14, 13, and 14. I think I saw his number at 12 and a half as well. So I don't hate that uh, as far as rebounding prop here for Nikola Jokic here tonight. But um, that's all I had. Uh, Scott, you have anything else for this game? Uh, I was tempted by Chris Paul under PRA at 21 mm-hmm. and a half. I know he's gotten more usage recently, but he has gone under in eight of the last 10. He has gone under in the first two meetings this season. We know Chris Paul doesn't exactly score that much, so he's mostly facilitating. But once again, under an eight of 10 is kind of appealing. And Denver defensively has been pretty good. We're expecting a bit of a lower paced game than what the odds makers are suggesting. So mm-hmm. I don't mind Chris Paul under for PRA at 21 and a half. But once again, Kaminga rebounds feels like a very good play that I am pretty tempted by. Yeah, I think Steph Curry um, assists is something that I may be tempted as well. If it's around five and a half, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's at five and a half at plus one hundred five. Obviously, we know the minutes are going to be there for Steph Curry. He did have six against six assists against Orlando Magic, seven against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, 
But at plus money, I don't hate that for Steph Curry. Um, but yeah, that's the last one I looked at. All right, uh, Scott, let's get into our lock and dog for this uh, Thursday schedule. Only two games on the board here, but obviously we'll give out our picks here. You want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so for my lock, I think I am going to go to the last play that I mentioned, which will be the Kaminga rebounds. I'm going to take the over four and a half uh, at minus 132. He's gone over in five straight. We've seen him get a bump up in usage recently. Played 34 minutes last game against Orlando. So with the new starting lineup, he's become a pretty big piece of this current roster. And I do think his rebounding number is still too low because of it. We know Jokic is a great rebounder. Uh, but the problem is Golden State really doesn't have a great rebounding option since Looney's no longer in the starting lineup. Jackson Davis has done an okay job, but he's gonna might he might get into foul trouble guarding Jokic, so we'll see what happens. But I do think looking at this spot, I think Kaminga's rebounding number, once again, five straight until he goes under, I'll take the over on him. So I think that rebounding number is too low. So give me the over on that one. For my dog, I have a couple options. I thought about taking Warriors money line thought about taking maybe Giannis to actually go for 40 in this game. Not enough plus money, though, for me to take Giannis to actually go for 40, so I think I'm going to pass on that one. Uh, For this one, though, I think I am going to go with a same-game parlay. I'm going to go with Curry to score 30 points and the Warriors' money line, and that pays out at plus 284. Mm, I like that. All right. All right, for my lock here tonight... um... I think I, I I just don't see a world where unless something catastrophic happens on the offensive side for the Bucks that they don't just put up points here tonight. So the official team total right now, and again, obviously it's a big number for a reason. It's at a 128 and a half. Uh, I mean, we talked about it that Dame has had a lot of success against bad teams, and especially against his team like the um, sorry the San Antonio Spurs. You mentioned it that. Giannis should have a field day against this lack of front court uh, defense for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, so if all those guys are playing here tonight, I, I at least Damian Lillard and Giannis, I think that they have an easy time scoring the basketball here tonight. So I'll take the over team total for the Milwaukee Bucks, 128 and a half. Uh, for my dog, I think it's going to be a a player prop parlay on rebounds here for tonight. So I will take Giannis over 12 and a half rebounds and Nikola Jokic over 12 and a half rebounds. That'll get you around plus 180 uh, for that player prop parlay. So lock again, Milwaukee Bucks team total over 128 and a half. And then for my dog, we'll go with a player prop parlay. Four rebounds, uh, Nicole Jokic and Giannis to both get 13 rebounds each here tonight. That'll get you around plus 180 uh, for the games here for tonight. Uh, all right, Scott, let's put together our underdog fantasy entry. I know we uh, hit ours on the Tuesday show, so hopefully we can uh, keep it rolling here. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use our promo code SGPN to get a first deposit bonus of up to $100. Um, again, if you don't have an account already, underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use our promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, uh, where do you want to start here for our underdog fantasy entry for tonight? Well, my block for the show was Kaminga Rebounds. Do you have any reservations about that or you're cool with that? No. Let's see here. Where is Jonathan Kaminga? They have it at five. You're good. You go with that. I wish it was at four and a half, but five. Okay. okay. We can talk about some other options. Do you like what about points? points and rebounds? 
what what number is that at? Eighteen and a half. Okay, let me just look at Kaminga's uh, recent uh, points and rebounds. You say? I mean, it's been kind of hit or miss recently, so I kind of just want the rebounds. If I'm being okay. honest, but uh, just ask though for other games. I mentioned Wemby assists. Is that a two and a half or three? Wemby is. I don't know. Last time we did this, they didn't even have him listed. Oh, here we go. They don't have his assists listed. They have rebounds and assists at 11 and a half. They have points and assists at 22 and a half. No, rebounds no, at eight and a half. Um, <laughs> you have any so, other props you want to mention? Yeah, so I think Steph Curry, we definitely got to throw in there. I think that he has a he has to have a good game if the if we think the Warriors are at least going to cover the game here for tonight. Yeah. So that's at 27 and a half for Steph Curry. I like that. Um yeah. Let's see, Jokic re- uh, either Jokic rebound or Giannis rebounds. I would throw in there. Which one do you like better? I think the Jokic angle is probably better because you might get a blowout in the Milwaukee game. So that yeah, one makes more okay. sense to do Jokic. Uh, let's see if they yeah. So they have that number at thirteen. I'm fine with that. Um, you want to throw in one more here? Uh, sure. Uh, so for the last one, uh, let's get something in this Bucks game. Uh, trying to yeah. think of what angle I would want. Do you want to maybe make a case for either Lillard or Giannis? Maybe. Uh, Lillard. So Lillard's at twenty-seven and a half points. His three pointers, like we mentioned, three and a half. Um, just as we we're talking about, Steph Curry goes up to twenty-eight and a half. Giannis is at thirty-four and a half points. Um, I wouldn't get to his PRA just because. Like we mentioned, it may turn into a blowout. Um, you want to go rebounds? You want to go like points for Giannis? Is there any chance they have Bobby Portis props? Um, I doubt it, but I have to ask. No, they don't. They don't. I figured. No. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know if there's any other players that you're tempted by. I don't want to only do the Warriors game. I kind of feel like we should include something on this game. Do you want to do Wemby on? Uh, you want to go Wemby lower than for the blocks, or is that too much of a hot take? Um, they don't even have that one listed. Of course they don't. Okay. Eight and a half rebounds, I think. Yeah, he only he doesn't play enough minutes. Or like you're, yeah, you're I was gonna think lower than lower on that. On that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Lower on those rebounds because I think everybody's gonna see that eight and a half. But oh, Victor, he's been killing it rebounding wise, but he just hasn't been playing the minutes. So I think well, let's go lower on uh, Wimby's rebounds here. So yeah, all right, we'll right. do that. So we'll go Steph Curry higher twenty eight and a half points. We'll go Nikola Jokic higher thirteen rebounds, and then we'll go Wimby uh, lower eight and a half rebounds. Uh, that $100 entry will get you a nice return of $600 uh, courtesy over on Underdog Fantasy. Again, if you don't have an account already, make sure you sign up. Use that promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, that is going to do it, my friend, for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. I'm going to have a tennis show later. So if you do like tennis, I should have an episode coming out in about a couple hours. Uh, besides that, I'll be back once again tomorrow with Terrell for the nba card but i'm also going to be doing a couple episodes for the nfl show with terrell tonight so check out that live yep there we go all right um like scott said they'll be back tomorrow with the nba schedule full schedule tomorrow 14 games on the on the card tomorrow for the nba so that'll be a doozy uh of a card to get through um and then again if you haven't already checked out the nfl gambling podcast and the tennis gambling podcast with scott as well make sure you do that 
You can also follow Scott on X. That's at Rice Show Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, for the 56 of you watching, smash that like button before you guys get out of here. And if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, <clears throat> good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.